looking for each other. I have been looking for you, world honored one, since I was a little child. With my first breath, I heard your call and began to look for you, blessed one. I've walked so many perilous paths, confronted so many dangers, endured despair, fear, hopes, and memories. I've trekked to the farthest regions, immense and wild, sailed the vast oceans, traversed the highest summits, lost among the clouds. I've lain dead, utterly alone on the sands of ancient deserts. I've held in my heart so many tears of stone. Blessed one, I've dreamt of drinking dewdrops that sparkle with the light of far-off galaxies. I've left footprints on celestial mountains and screamed from the depths of a beachy hill, exhausted with despair because I was so hungry, so thirsty. For millions of lifetimes, I've longed to see you, but didn't know where to look. Yet, I've always felt your presence with a mysterious certainty. I know that for thousands of lifetimes, you and I have been one, and the distance between us is only a flash of thought. Just yesterday, while walking alone, I saw the old path strewn with autumn leaves, and the brilliant moon hanging over the gate suddenly appeared like the image of an old friend, and all the stars confirmed that you were there. All night, the rain of compassion continued to fall, while lightning flashed through my window, and a great storm arose, as if earth and sky were in battle. Finally in me, the rain stopped, the clouds parted, the moon returned, shining peacefully, calming earth and sky. Looking into the mirror of the moon, suddenly I saw myself, and I saw you smiling, blessed one. How strange. The moon of freedom has returned to me. Everything I thought I had lost. From that moment on, and each moment that followed, I saw that nothing had gone. There is nothing that should be restored. Every flower, every stone, and every leaf recognize me. Wherever I turn, I see you smiling, the smile of no birth and no death. The smile I received while looking at the mirror of the moon. I see you sitting there, solid as Mount Meru, calm as my own breath. 
sitting as though no raging firestorm ever occurred, sitting in complete peace and in freedom. At last I have found you, blessed one, and I have found myself. There I sit. The deep blue sky, the snow-capped mountains painted against the horizon, and the shining red sun sing with joy. You, blessed one, are my first love, the love that is always present, always pure and freshly new. And I shall never need a love that will be called last. You are the source of well-being flowing through numberless troubled lives, the water from your spiritual stream always pure, as it was in the beginning. You are the source of peace, solidity, and inner freedom. You are the Buddha, the Tathagata. With my one-pointed mind, I vow to nourish your solidity and freedom in myself so I can offer solidity and freedom to countless others, now and forever.
trần treo trước ngõ đã xuất hiện bất thân như bóng hình người cũ rồi tình đâu xôn xao báo tin là thế tôn đang có mặt nơi đây suốt đêm qua
Today is uh, March 19th, the year 2006, and we are in the Lower Hamlet during our spring retreat. The practice of uh, Buddhist meditation uh, help us to, to get uh, the right uh, nourishment that we need. The Sutra of Mindful uh, Breathing, the Buddha proposed uh, exercise of uh, nourishment, uh, breathing in, uh, I experience joy. We need to be nourished by joy and happiness in our daily life. And how? When breathing in, I feel the joy. I feel nourished by 
the joy. I breathe in out, I feel nourished by happiness. This is not uh, the practice of uh, auto-suggestion. How to generate the feeling of joy and happiness, that is um, the practice. When we, uh, when we are well established in the present moment, when we are fully present, we can get in touch with uh, the positive elements of life that are in us and around us. And this is... Uh, mm, to select the uh, that we may uh, have with uh, life because there are negative uh, elements within us and around us and if we keep uh, get in touch with these negative elements, we will not get uh, the joy and the happiness that we need, that can uh, nourish us. And that is why for beginners in the practice, uh, we have to learn how to get in touch with the positive, uh, refreshing, healing elements within and around us. And we may do that with the support of the Sangha. If uh, you have received uh, the uh, five uh, mindfulness trainings, you know that uh, the five mindfulness trainings are very concrete ways of uh, practicing mindfulness. And when you practice uh, according, you live according to the five uh, mindfulness trainings, uh, you get in touch with the positive, uh, refreshing, healing elements uh, in life. When we study about, uh, when we study the fifth uh, mindfulness training, we know that uh, the training is about uh, um, mindful consumption. And we are, we are what we consume. That is why we have to select the items of uh, consumption, the items that can bring us uh, joy and happiness, because we really need these uh, elements. Joy is born from the awareness that uh, happiness is possible. Let us uh, visualize one person who walks uh, in a desert and who is very thirsty. Uh, he or she does not have uh, any more water to drink.
and uh, he's going to die if uh, there's no water to drink. And suddenly uh, he found, he find an oasis. And he knew, he knows that when he arrives uh, at the place there will be uh, uh, trees, a pond of water, and he will have a chance to drink. And in fact, he, uh, he, um, he arrived at the oasis, and he sees, he, um, he, he gets in touch with uh, a pond of uh, fresh water, although he has not uh, drunk the water yet. But he has seen the, the water. And that feeling is the feeling of joy. You see the, the, the positive elements in you and around you that can uh, nourish you. And the feeling of joy is born from that kind of contact. So when you practice alone or when you practice with the Sangha, With our mindfulness, we should be aware of the positive elements within and around us. And, uh, and uh, the collective energy of the Sangha can help us. There are many young people who, um, who visit the website of Plum Village and who have um, written to us that they love the practice, to practice the five mindfulness trainings. They know that the five trainings help to protect them from getting the wrong kind of uh, nutrient. But when they live alone, it's very difficult for them to, to practice the five trainings. Because there is a tendency in, in them to get in touch with uh, objects of uh, uh, craving, and and when they ask uh, the question as how to better practice the five trainings, you always say that well, in order to really practice the five trainings, you need the support of a sangha. When you live together with other members of the sangha, uh, you are supported by the energy, the collective energy of the sangha. And the five mindfulness trainings become very easy for you to, uh, to practice. But if you live alone, uh, it's more difficult as far as um, consumption uh, is concerned. It's nice to stay together and uh, when you hear the bell, you get up at the same time, you go to the sitting, uh, at the same time, you go to uh, lunch at the same time, you go to sleep at the same time. It's very easy. And if you live alone, it's difficult for you to do that. That is why it's, uh, it's a very positive uh, thing to, uh, to live in a Sangha. Uh, humans are um, a kind of uh, Beings that uh, that um, that should uh, live together, 
uh, uh, social uh, beings. When uh, you look at the formation of birds flying in the sky, you see the beauty of the birds. And uh, flying together like that, they rely on each other. They, um, they make use of the collective energy. Each bird is flying, is uh, stay in the exact uh, position. And uh, feeling that other birds are flying at the same time, uh, uh, you feel the support, and you spend much, you you spend less uh, energy in flying. Um, when we live in the sangha, we see our position in the sangha. Uh, we realize that other members of the Sangha are there. And uh, we know that uh, we can get the support of uh, the uh, collective uh, energy of the Sangha. And uh, whatever uh, is difficult uh, when you are alone uh, is no longer difficult. Uh, when you live uh, together with the Sangha. So I advise the young people to organize themselves so that they can live together as a Sangha. Uh, the family can be organized as a Sangha. And students, students in the university in, uh, can organize themselves as a Sangha. And, we all need the Sangha. The Sangha, we, we, uh, we can practice uh, the, mind, the five mindfulness trainings uh, much better. And that is uh, our, the advice that we give uh, to uh, the young people who write us. When you arrive at the oasis, uh, you come to the pond of uh, fresh water, you kneel down, and you scoop the water, and you begin to drink. And the feeling that you get while drinking is happiness. So there is a, a difference between joy and happiness. When you are well established in the present moment, when you are fully present, with or without uh, the collective energy of the Sangha, you can get in touch with the positive, uh, refreshing, healing, uh, nourishing elements within you and around you.
the Buddha said that um, before he uh, he became uh, fully enlightened, he enjoyed very much uh, the practice of mindful breathing. He said that the practice of mindful breathing helped him not to get tired. His body, his eyes did not get tired when he practiced um, mindful breathing. And the practice of mindful breathing helped him to, to be relaxed, to be free. And that is why uh, after having um, become fully enlightened, he continued to practice mindful breathing. And he and he, um, and he recommend, recommended the practice of mindful breathing to his um, to all his uh, students. When you practice uh, mindful breathing while walking, you get in touch with uh, the earth. You, you feel that the earth is um, your mother, the ground of your manifestation. You see uh, the trees, You see the, you get in touch with the trees, the birds, the flowers, the grass. When you practice mindful breathing, you might get in touch with the clouds, the blue sky, with nature. There are many elements in nature that are still Mm, seen healthy and if you get in touch with them you get the nourishment that you need many people uh, who see the sky who see the river who see the trees but they do not uh, get the nourishment that they need because they are not uh, mindful they are not uh, truly present in the here and the now. Many years ago, I um, met with a journalist from San Francisco. He came to the monastery in Northern California uh, to meet me and to write an article on the practice of mindfulness. He was uh, the journalist uh, working for the San Francisco Chronicle. And uh, I invited him to sit uh, outside in the shade of uh, the redwood uh, trees, and I offer him tea. And I said that, uh, can you forget your article? 
just enjoy tea with me. And he was willing to, uh, to participate. And we just uh, focus our attention on uh, the red woods, the blue sky, uh, the, bird, the, the bird song, uh, the tea. And uh, we did not talk about mindfulness. Uh, we try to be mindful, to enjoy our being together with the redwoods, redwood trees. Uh, that is, uh, that was in the Kimshan uh, Golden Golden Mountain Monastery um, in uh, California. And because of uh, that practice of having tea together and getting in touch with the wonders of life, that is why he was able to write a very good article. He was able to forget the article. That is why he, he could write a very good article. I remember that uh, after the interview, I walked into the parking lot and I suggested that he practice uh, mindful walking. Enjoy every step. Halfway to the uh, halfway to the parking lot, I invite him to stop and look at the sky. The sky was very blue. Breathing in, I'm aware of the sky. Um, Breathing out, I smile to the sky, to the blue sky. And after one minute of practice, he looked at me and he said, Well, I have never seen the sky like this, very deep, very deeply. Because he was really present. It looked like um, he saw the sky for the first time in that way. met with several journalists, a little bit everywhere in Europe, in America, in Asia. I always take the opportunity to invite them to practice mindfulness. And I always said that, well, as a journalist, you can practice mindfulness. Uh, and when you write uh, with, uh, with mindfulness, uh, with the capacity of uh, listening deeply, with the capacity of getting in touch with the uh, positive elements, you can write uh, good articles. And you can help uh, many, many people to water the positive uh, seeds of joy and happiness in them. And uh, there are many articles that water the seed of fear, anger in the heart of uh, readers. And you don't want to do that. As a journalist, you want to help. You can write uh, in such a way that your article will be able to water the seed of compassion, understanding, 
in uh, in the in the consciousness of uh, your readers. Uh, you write with compassion, but uh, if you want to write with compassion, you have to to understand why people have done that, why people have reacted like that. Even if you report about the negative things that are happening in the world, you can always uh, put your compassion in it. And when the people read you, they, they are nourished by your compassion and your understanding. And that, uh, that is a wonderful way to, uh, to nourish yourself and to nourish uh, your readers. Because uh, a journalist can be a very, uh, uh, a very uh, deep practitioner. And uh, many journalists have been um, inspired by that kind of encouragement. And they promise that uh, they will do that. They will write articles in that spirit in order for them to be nourished and for the, their readers to be nourished at the same time. Uh, every report, uh, every article can be a, a, a practice, uh, a means to water the seed of compassion, understanding in the mind of uh, the readers. The practitioners of uh, meditation should get the right nourishment every day. The kind of nourishment uh, that is uh, joy and uh, happiness. And uh, these elements that can uh, help nourish us with joy and happiness, you don't have to buy in the supermarket. They are there within you. And they are there around you. Within you, there is the intention to help, to love, to protect. And there are ways in order to water these seeds, to be in touch with them. And living together, we have to help each other to nourish the intention uh, to love, to help, to protect. Because every one of us has these uh, potentialities. You realize that. You realize the existence of that intention, of that capacity to love, to forgive, to protect in the person of your brother, in the person of your sister. And you touch that, uh, you water that. And while you uh, water the seed uh, of uh, understanding, um, uh, uh, compassion, uh, in the other person, uh, you water the same seeds in you.
and that is uh, already uh, a deep practice. And together we go like a sangha. Together we go like a, um, a river. And we uh, uh, support each other in the practice. Joy. Every day. Happiness every day. Uh, Sister Nyong Hiem, uh, who is now a missionary, uh, came to Plum Ridge when she was uh, 11 or so, and she declared that she wants to live in a place where there is joy and happiness in the morning, joy and happiness in the afternoon, and joy and happiness in the evening. And this is possible because uh, the practice provides us with joy and happiness in the morning, at noon time and afternoon. You don't have to go and buy these things in a supermarket. Maybe they don't sell that. But with the practice, we can provide us with uh, these elements. Master Linji said that uh, when you walk mindfully, uh, you perform miracles. It's uh, wonderful to be alive and to be walking on earth. You don't need money and power or fame in order to do that. You need only mindfulness. When you breathe in mindfully, you realize that you are alive and that you are walking on earth. And uh, Patriarch Linji said that walking on earth is uh, a miracle. And that is the way the Buddha walked. He enjoys every step he makes. And each step is healing is nourishing. And when you walk like that, you walk with the feet of the Buddha. There is a Buddha in you that needs to be manifesting. When you walk together, you consume. You consume joy and happiness. And if you are able to walk like that in Plum Village, you can walk like that wherever you are, in a supermarket, at the railway station, at the airport. You walk like a, a free person. Many uh, in our society are not able to work like that. We are so busy. There is a tendency for us to run. We don't have time to live. We might have more money than uh, our ancestors in the past, but we do not have the time. 
we believe that time is uh, must be used to make money. But uh, time is uh, life. We have to learn how to live deeply every moment of our daily life. The question is uh, put before us is how to to live a more simple life so that we can live deeply, more deeply, every moment of our daily life. And coming together as a Sangha, we can do that. We have to resist the tendency to run, to burn our life. We have to come together and resist, organize our life in such a way that uh, make uh, joy and happiness be possible in the morning, at noon time, and in the evening. Of course, uh, there are negative things like uh, fear, anger, worries. But if, you, if we know how to get the right nourishment, we will be healthy enough, strong enough in order to take care, to take care of uh, these negative things. If you are not strong enough, if you are not healthy enough, and then you do not have the capacity to handle these negative things. And if you know how to make use of the quality of Sangha of joy and happiness, and then you can easily uh, take good care of the negative uh, factors within you, like fear, anger, despair. And we know that uh, our mental formations like joy, happiness, uh, compassion, or fear, or anger, or despair, they are all organic. It is possible to transform the negative uh, elements into the positive elements. Looking at the negative elements, you are able to understand. And that uh, understanding will bring about uh, acceptance. Understanding can transform uh, anger and fear uh, into uh, understanding and compassion. Our consciousness is like uh, a piece of garden where we plant um, uh, the uh, the mental formations. It is possible for us to to do uh, organic uh, gardening and uh, the garbage 
produced by the garden uh, can be can be used uh, to uh, to make uh, compost so that we can nourish uh, the flowers and the vegetables and because uh, uh, flowers and garbage they are both of an organic nature so our mental formations are like that also if we know how to handle our fear, our anger, our despair, we'll be able to transform them back into uh, understanding and compassion. We can learn a lot from uh, our own suffering. We can uh, transform the garbage into uh, vegetables and flowers. You don't need to throw away we don't need to suppress anything just because of the fact that uh, like um, plants in our garden our mental formations are often organic uh, nature in the past we have uh, been angry misunderstanding anxious. If you know how to look deeply into the nature of these uh, negative uh, mental formations and realize uh, how these uh, mental formations are, have come to, into being, and then we know that uh, because we have not got the kind of uh, right uh, nutrients And with mindfulness, uh, we are determined to uh, get the right nutrients so that these uh, negative uh, elements will And he spoke about four kinds of uh, nutrients. And uh, it is possible for us to practice mindful consumption as a Sangha. Mindful consumption is uh, to consume only the healthy, uh, refreshing and healing elements. When you, <coughs> when you uh, consume television, You know that there are films that can uh, that 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 uh, that are full of uh, uh, violence and fear and anger and uh, misunderstanding. They water the seed of anger and fear in us. And if we allow ourselves and our children to consume these kind of films, uh, we get the wrong nutrients. And from there, uh, we have many uh, negative uh, mental formations like fear, like craving, like anger, like despair. As a practitioner, you are determined not to view this kind of film. But if you are alone, it is more difficult for you to practice. And if you live with the Sangha, 
And then the decision, collective decision, is not to view these kind of films. And then there's no problem anymore. But if you have an individual television set, you have an individual um, a computer, uh, you might be tempted to get in touch and to consume these kind of things. But if you live in a community like a plum ledge, there is no risk at all. Because we practice together in the five trainings. It's no longer a problem. You don't need to make any effort, and yet the mindfulness trainings are kept. And that is something wonderful about Sangha. You do not seem to practice the precepts, and yet the precepts are never uh, violated. And then you have so many joyful things to do. You have no time in order to, uh, to go into these uh, directions. The first kind of nutriment is um, edible food. And uh, the Sangha decide uh, to buy only uh, the kind of food that will not bring uh, sickness uh, to our body and to our mind. In the tradition, uh, uh, before you eat, you practice the five uh, contemplations. Uh, you visualize, you know where the food has come from. You know that uh, there are certain kind of food that you have to refrain from consuming. You make the vow to eat only the things that can nourish you and prevent illness. Uh, you realize that the food uh, it needs uh, a lot of uh, hard work um, to have the food. And uh, you want to water the seed of uh, uh, gratitude and joy. Uh, why eating this food? So the five um, contemplations uh, uh, remind you of uh, mindful consumption as far as uh, edible, food, edible food is concerned. And in a family, we should recognize uh, at least uh, one, uh, one, uh, one meal a day where everyone can sit together. And uh, one person in the family may like to, um, to initiate 
to write uh, um, the meditation mindfulness um, practice of uh, mindful eating. Uh, we can uh, rewrite uh, the five contemplations in such a way that uh, that um, children can understand, and uh, a young a young boy or young girl can. Uh, can, can read these five contemplations before eating. And uh, the whole family can spend five minutes eating in silence uh, in order to practice well the five contemplations. It will become uh, a habit, a tradition. And uh, when we go together to the market to buy food, uh, the children can go along. And uh, while shopping, mm, we can uh, show the children uh, what kind of items they should buy and what kind of uh, items they should not buy. And uh, tell them uh, why. And that is the teaching of mindfulness. The second second, uh, source of uh, nutriment is uh, sensory uh, impressions. We consume uh, not by the way of uh, the mouth, but by the way of the eye, of the ear, of the nose, of the body, and of the mind. And uh, sometimes we do not want to consume, but they we consume anyway. The sight and sound that uh, we get in touch with while we uh, cross uh, uh, the city is the object of our consumption. And we get the brown nutrients. And that is why reading an article, viewing a film, or listen to a conversation uh, can bring in a lot of uh, toxins into our body, into our mind. And that is why um, for our eye, our ear, our body, our mind not to uh, consume these things, we have to practice mindfulness. Suppose someone come and talk to us and have a conversation with us. And the conversation may be full of anger, or fear, or violence. And if we sit and listen, and if we allow our children to listen to these uh, things, we get the wrong kind of nutriment. Because the conversation is watering the seed of anger, and fear, and craving in us. So we have to stop with that dear friend, we practice mindfulness of consumption. We don't want to listen and to talk too much about these negative things. We want to have uh, good nutrients. That is why reading newspapers, uh, watching uh, television, uh, the news, is also uh, mm, mm, consumption. There's so much violence and despair in the news that we view every day. 
And that is why we have to decide not to water so much the seeds of violence and fear and despair in us. We don't want to be cut off from the world. We know we want to know what is going on in the world. But we don't need to, to read newspaper and, uh, and, and watch television every day for the news. Maybe once a week or two weeks. When there's something important that happened, we should know. But we don't have to uh, to uh, uh, to read or uh, to watch uh, every day for the news. And then the, the positive uh, elements. Uh, should have been uh, reported more. If someone is killed by someone, they report right away. But if the daffodils uh, are coming up, they don't report. There is a retreat, 500 people have come and they stop uh, consuming their cars for, for five days. That is a very good news, but they never report. In a retreat like that, um, people eat vegetarian. Don't, don't, they don't, do not drive a car. They don't eat chicken. <laughs> they don't uh, consume alcohol. They don't, don't drive their car. This is a very positive piece of news, but they, they don't want to report about these things. But if someone kills someone, they report right away. So this is a kind of selective um, contact that we have to practice with some mindfulness. We know how to protect ourselves, how to protect our family, our community with mindful consumption. We really need uh, joy, happiness, compassion. To nourish compassion is a very wonderful uh, practice of of, uh, consumption. With with, uh, an amount of compassion in our heart, in our brain. Yes, scientists may be able to see compassion in our brain. We have more relaxation. We we are not uh, victims. of uh, many uh, kind of diseases. <coughs> Compassion is wonderful. It, uh, it helps us to be healthy physically. If you are inhibited by the energy of compassion, 
you don't get this kind of, uh, of diseases. You are immune to this kind of diseases. When you are so angry, so when you are so despair, when you are so tense, you get a lot of, uh, of sickness. But if uh, you, are, you are full of uh, compassion, you can smile, you can forgive, uh, you, are, you, you will not become victims of this sickness. So compassion protects us, not only from anger, from fear, from unhappiness, but uh, compassion protects us, protects our body from sickness. That is why uh, every, every day we should uh, be able to feed our compassion. The Buddha is, uh, is uh, is called by us, is referred um, to as uh, the compassionate one. Because he has a lot of compassion. And that compassion comes from the fact that he understands the suffering of living beings. When you understand the suffering of human beings, of living beings, you don't blame anymore. You don't get angry at them anymore. You, you have a lot of compassion. So compassion doesn't just come like that. It comes from the capacity of uh, looking at living beings with the eyes, uh, understanding. Compassion is born from understanding. And understanding how you can get it. Understanding is there when you, are, you have the time to look to listen, to listen deeply and to look deeply, and you understand. And when you understand, you don't blame, you don't punish anymore. And that is why compassion is born. And to consume uh, understanding, to consume understanding and compassion, make us healthy both mentally and physically. And as a Sangha, we should have uh, means, we should have ways of practice in order to nourish our understanding and our compassion every day. Uh, That understanding and compassion should be directed um, to us and to the people around us in the Sangha. We learn to understand us and to have compassionate on us. We don't blame us, we don't judge us. And the insight of no self uh-huh, can be very helpful. And the insight of no self help us to understand the people in a Sangha. Sometimes a member of the Sangha is not so kind in his way of speaking. Uh, acting, but if uh, you understand the reality of non-self, you may see that that person has 
has been a victim of, uh, of his child, her child. And uh, that person did not have patience uh, with uh, his or her family. So when we understand like that, we don't blame anymore. We don't get angry anymore. And learn to look at the people with understanding and compassion like that is the most wonderful practice. Other people, they get angry. They want to punish. They want to... Uh, to uh, to um, uh, to chase away that person because you you have understanding you have compassion uh, uh, you want what you want is only to to help Uh, we should have, should be able to have uh, understanding and compassion for ourselves. We have to accept ourselves as we are. And the insight of uh, non-self is very crucial for doing so. And when we look at the brothers and sisters in the community, and if we have the insight of non-self, uh, we can accept them, understand them quite easily. And we can embrace him or her with our understanding and compassion. And that is very crucial to help that person to transform. And as uh, a joyful Sangha, a compassionate Sangha, uh, you can be the refuge of so many people who come to you. If you cannot have uh, understanding and compassion for yourself and for the people in your Sangha. You cannot do much. You cannot uh, expect to offer a lot of compassion and understanding to the world. So yourself and the Sangha is, uh, is the object of your practice every day. The third uh, source of nutriment is um, evolution, your intention, your desire. Each person is nourished by his or her desire. There are kind of desire that um, destroy you, that can bring you to, to dark destinations. But there are desire that can bring you to the kingdom of God, to the pure land of the Buddha, to the realm of happiness and peace. So you have to look deeply to see what is uh, the deep desire in us. We might think that uh, fame and uh, wealth and uh, power and sex uh, are what we, we think to, do, to be necessary for our happiness. Because many believe that uh, happiness will not be possible with, uh, without a lot of money, a lot of fame, a lot of power. And many are running in the direction of fame, power, and wealth. And if we look uh, around us with mindfulness, 
we notice that there are plenty, there are people who are plenty, who have plenty of power. They suffer so deeply. There are those who are plenty of fame. They suffer very deeply. And many of them have committed suicide. Let us think of our political leaders. In Great Britain, in France, in United States of America, in the Middle East. That those who have great power, but they don't seem to be able to live their life happily. A lot of worries, a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty. And they experience hell every day, every hour of their life. And if we believe that power is the source of our true happiness, we are wrong. If we believe that uh, wealth and money and sex to be the foundation of happiness, we are, we are wrong. In the state of Vermont, we have uh, a mindfulness practice center. And we have uh, set up the mindfulness practice center um, for people to come and practice mindfulness uh, in a non-sectarian, non-religious practice. There is no Buddha statue, there is no incense burning, there is no praying. Chanting, people come in order to uh, practice, to to learn sitting, walking, and eating in mindfulness. And then our friend uh, thought that uh, well, he may not like to go now, but uh, maybe in the future he may like to come to the practice center. So he approached the man again and said, "Well, uh, dear friend, give me your." name and address one day, uh, uh, I, uh, I invite you to come to the center and practice. And uh, old man gave him his address and his name. And our friend found out that uh, um, it was um, Lauren Rockefeller a very rich person in New York, one of the most uh, uh, wealthy person. Mm. We think that um, it's a good thing that um, that uh, Mr. Lauren Rockefeller uh, was able to touch, uh, to get in touch with um, the teaching of mindfulness. Because uh, Peace is Every Step is a good book on, uh, on the practice of mindfulness. And uh, since he has known, uh, he had known about the wealth and power and everything, uh, uh, I'm sure that uh, in his uh, last uh, years, in the last year of his life, he was able to practice uh, mindfulness in order to get in touch with the joy and happiness 
with the peace that he, people like him did so much. And uh, as we are young, many of us are still very young. We should wait until we get to that age in order to begin the practice. We can get in touch with uh, what is uh, uh, refreshing, healing, nourishing uh, today. And uh, the uh, nutriment that we, uh, we need uh, is a kind of desire that is wholesome. The intention, the good intention, the intention to live happily, intention to live um, deeply every moment of our daily life, the intention to transform us, the intention to help and um, to protect living beings, the intention to set up a Sangha, to help many people transform. All these kinds of desires are wholesome. And that is the third kind of nutriment uh, spoken about by Buddha. So each of us should sit down and look deeply to see what is our real intention, our real desire, the deepest desire of our life. To see whether that desire, that intention, uh, is bringing us to the realm of suffering or the happiness our happiness. The Buddha had a big desire. His desire to his desire was to practice, to transform himself and to help many people. And if we have the same kind of desire, uh, we can be like him, we can do like him, and we can uh, be happy, we can be peaceful and we can help so many people. And the last um, kind of nutriment is uh, consciousness. Consciousness as food. When there is the element of wisdom and compassion, happiness and peace are possible. And with the practice, uh, one can uh, transform, one can remove all uh, uh, afflictions, wrong perceptions. And consciousness uh, is described as uh, wisdom. So consciousness still has uh, elements of ignorance and anger and craving. And with the practice, we transform our consciousness into, into wisdom. Wisdom is the consciousness of uh, enlightened uh, people. And um, there is uh, individual consciousness and collective consciousness. If uh, we joined the loving people, the understanding people, the good people. And then every day we'll be nourished by the collective uh, energy 
of, uh, of these people. Um, there are people uh, who think of good things, who say good things, and who live a good life. And if uh, we live uh, close to them, we share their life, and then we get uh, the kind of uh, wholesome collective uh, energy from them. And this is the, the fourth kind of nutriment, consciousness as food. Now, if we live with people who are violent, who, uh, who are full of craving and despair, and then we get that kind of food, and we become violent, uh, despair, victims of craving, and so on. That is why it's very important to, to be affiliated with uh, uh, healthy people, good people. And if we have the chance to live in a Sangha where people uh, know, where people know how to get in touch with the positive elements of life, refraining from uh, unmindful consumption, and then the uh, the fourth, uh, uh, the fourth um, uh, category of food consciousness will be positive. The environment uh, decide very crucial for for our for our for our well being. Uh, Many of us believe that uh, it is the genes in ourselves that, that decide whether we be happy or unhappy, healthy or unhealthy. And this is a kind of uh, determinism that uh, should be re-examined. It is the environment that uh, helps turn on the good things or the bad things that are there in ourselves. If we live in a good environment, the negative, negative things in us will have less chance. If we live in a good environment, receiving good uh, nutrient as uh, collective consciousness, and then the good elements in us will have a chance to be turned on. And that is why the environment is so important. And let us organize our life in such a way that, uh, that uh, we can get in touch with good people, with a good environment. And that is why Sangha building is so important. We need uh, to be in a good environment. We need our children to be in a good environment. And we are protected. And this is uh, the fourth kind of nutriment recommended by the Buddha. And uh, we have uh, enough uh, intelligence in order to do the planning so that uh, the four kind of nutriments um, that we really need uh, will be obtained. 
and uh, we can be protected by the fifth, uh, the practice of the fifth uh, mindfulness trainings, mindful consumption. Uh, the Buddha has um, given a talk, a Dhamma talk, a wonderful Dhamma talk on mindful consumption. That, uh, that Dhamma talk, that sutra is not uh, yet uh, printed in our chanting book. But one day we have to put that uh, sutra into the chanting book. And that is um, the sutra of the four kinds of nutrients. In the original text, uh, the name of the sutra, the title of the sutra is the sun's flesh. It has been translated uh, from the Chinese canon, it has been translated from a Pali canon, but we have not uh, put them, uh, put it into the, um, the Chinese book. The sun's flesh is uh, about uh, the first kind of nutrient. And the Buddha told the story of a young couple who wanted to uh, flee the country and to come to a to another country for resettlement. And they brought uh, their little boy with them. But uh, halfway uh, through the desert, uh, they run out of uh, provision, they run out of food, and they knew that they they were going to die, three of them. So after much uh, reflection, they decided to kill the little boy and eat the flesh of the little boy in order to survive and to get out of the desert. And the Buddha, after having uh, told the story, the Buddha must have heard the story from from someone, a terrible story. And he said, dear friends, do you think that the couple enjoy eating their son's flesh? And, uh, and the monk said, no, it's impossible to enjoy eating the son's flesh. The Buddha said, well, why eating? Why consuming? You should nourish your compassion. You should eat, you should consume a way that uh, could retain compassion in yourself, because without compassion, one cannot be happy. This is a very uh, drastic way of uh, showing the Dharma. And you are, um, we are encouraged to study the Sutra uh, on mindful consumption. It's uh, very uh, relevant to our time. We, con- we are what we consume. If we consume without uh, understanding and compassion, we will suffer. But if we know how to consume uh, understanding and compassion, uh, we will be happy people.